Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Medical doctors undergo years of education and training, filling their brains with countless diseases and treatments, but no one person is able to remember every condition, no matter how good of a physician they may be. To help bridge this gap, Kristen Taylor created the Medical Passport. It's a tool for patients with rare diseases that's filled out by their primary physician and quickly educates new doctors about their illness. It also includes the patient's current treatment plan so they can get immediate care. You can hand a child medical records to an ER doctor, but it's filled out by you. I mean, that doesn't mean as much to them. And if you have boxes and boxes and boxes of official medical records from other hospitals, again, that's coming from pages and pages and pages of things that they don't have time to read. So this is a very, like I said, snapshot of the disease, but it also provides a treatment plan and it's an educational level for these doctors. The educational component was essential for Taylor because she's seen firsthand the danger of being treated by uninformed medical professionals. Her daughter, Rebecca, was seven years old when the family thought her appendix burst. Taylor rushed her to the hospital where doctors ran various tests, only to realize that Rebecca's appendix was completely fine. They told Taylor that nothing was wrong, even though the seven-year-old was still screaming in pain after being given shots of morphine. I remember the ER doctor looking at me and just raising their hands and said, well, what do you want me to do? I've done all the tests. I said, well, I don't want to take my child home like this. So it became almost a fight in the ER with the other doctor. And I said, something is wrong. I need to figure out what's wrong. And she said, well, I've done everything and every test and I'm the doctor. You're not the doctor. And that was really the conversation that we had. And all of a sudden the computer dinged in the back and we realized that it was pancreatitis. Her amylase and lipase were raised. And then the doctor turned to me and said, I'm really sorry. This is a serious affliction and we need to hospitalize your child immediately. That was the start of Rebecca's life moving in and out of hospitals. Pancreatitis is a condition where the pancreas is inflamed and the digestive enzymes that it releases begin to eat away at the pancreas itself. Chronic pancreatitis, which is what Rebecca was diagnosed with, is extremely rare in children. In fact, Taylor says many physicians they've encountered don't even know how to treat it. In addition to chronic pancreatitis, Rebecca has a neurological disease that attacks her organs. Between these two conditions, Rebecca's had more than 160 procedures. And when Taylor searched for support groups to help her daughter on this journey, there were none. Taking matters into her own hands, Taylor created Rebecca's Wish, a nonprofit for children with pancreatitis. The reason we focused our nonprofit on pancreatitis, though, was because we realized almost every other organ she had that was afflicted had some form of knowledge and some form of help. Like you have a colectomy, there's support groups for people who have colectomies and have to have all of the nuances from bag care on down. You could look it up and there's tens of thousands of people online discussing the merits of that. With pancreatitis, particularly in children, there was nothing, absolutely nothing. Not only were there no support groups, 
but there wasn't much research or widespread knowledge about pediatric pancreatitis. This lack of awareness makes it really difficult for kids to be correctly diagnosed. Lisa Morgan's son, Christian, was four when she took him to the hospital. At first, the staff said his stomach pain and nausea was just a stomach bug. But as they were about to leave, the doctor stopped the family and said Christian had acute pancreatitis and needed to be transferred to a different hospital. So we got transferred there, and then they just put him on a clear liquid diet and just kind of gave him a lot of fluid hydration and said, okay, well, this should just be a random thing. It's just an acute flare-up. We don't know why it happened. He should be fine. You should be good to go. Christian left the hospital three days later, but soon became a regular at the emergency room. For the next eight years, Morgan was told her son's extreme stomach pain and vomiting was a product of constipation. And just like Taylor, Morgan had to fight for her son's life. In October of 2020, we went to the ER, and after getting sick and tired of being told it's just constipation and doing x-rays, I very politely, sternly told the doctor, you're going to test for this. I tell you every time he had a flare-up when he was four, and you guys tell me every time it's just a random thing it has nothing to do with now. So I demanded that they tested for the lipase and amylase, which are the levels that get elevated when you're having a pancreatitis flare-up. A couple of hours later, Christian was transferred to a children's hospital and eventually diagnosed with chronic pancreatitis. After nearly a decade of suffering, Christian's finally able to get a treatment plan that will ease the pain of this uncurable condition. But why is it so hard for these families and many others to get to this point? Why are certain providers and medical doctors not listening to family members who have lived through a disease path for such a long time? Why is it automatically dismissed just because they don't happen to have a medical degree behind them? I've lived in the hospital for over 1,500 days. You would be hard-pressed to find a mother who lived in the hospital, did not leave with her child in her affliction that period of time, and gone from every floor to surgical to ICU to transplant floor, ERs. I pretty much lived in every portion of the hospital. Taylor recognizes that not every medical professional deserves this criticism. Rebecca's experienced great care throughout her journey. However, they've encountered enough stubborn doctors to make them feel like this is an issue that needs to be immediately addressed. There's a certain population that completely dismisses what is coming out of a patient and or a parent's mouth if they don't hold that coveted medical degree. And a lot of mistakes are happening to this day because of that. If we are able to listen in the medical profession from nurses to doctors to other types of specialists, mental health specialists, if we're able to listen to the journey that the family has been on, then in almost every single case, we can learn something from that family because their journey is very unique. Pain is exhibited in different ways. A lot of diseases are manifested in different ways. Chronic pancreatitis is extremely painful. Patients like Rebecca and Christian are in constant pain and have had to learn strategies to help manage their agony, which can be misconstrued by physicians. What could be mine or your level five pain isn't going to be the same for Christian. And he's really good at trying to distract himself on the phone. And they see that and they're like, oh, he can't possibly be at a level eight pain. Because look at him. He's just scrolling TikTok over here. But for Christian, it's how he's trying to distract himself. He's used to finding other means, or he's really good at 
making jokes to kind of get everyone to laugh with him. And then they're like, well, he's joking. He can't possibly be at eight. And I'm like, I assure you, he is. <laughs> so sometimes we still have to tell the doctors, you may see this, but I'm telling you, it's this. Rebecca's had similar experiences. When she was going through a pancreas transplant at age 12, a new nurse entered the room. She asked what Rebecca's pain level was on a scale of 1 to 10, to which she responded, 7. And I remember the nurse looking at Rebecca and saying, you know, you don't look like you were at a 7. You were drawing and coloring and sitting up, you know, earlier. I'm going to go ahead and put you at a 4. Well, my daughter had learned how to live with pain. She lived with pain her whole life from the age of seven on. And so she knew how to distract for pain because that's one of the things that the doctors tell you to do. And so here she is. Okay, fine. Nurse puts a four. Next pain scale monitoring. What is your pain level? Rebecca said, it's actually a little bit worse. It's an eight. And the nurse said, you know, you just don't look like an eight. I've seen eights before. This isn't an eight. We're going to put you down as a five. Taylor says this type of constant back and forth with doctors who didn't understand the condition caused a lot of mistakes. Before Rebecca needed a transplant, she had been checked into a hospital where the physicians immediately told them she didn't have chronic pancreatitis because children don't get that condition. This led to incorrect tests and treatments. Then when the family moved to a different hospital, the medical team had no idea how to treat Rebecca's condition. This lack of knowledge and treatment caused irreversible damage to her pancreas, which led her to the transplant. So we spent seven weeks in a hospital every single day with doctors coming in saying, we have no idea what to do. And by the end of that, we met an adult doctor because we were in the pediatric world that was willing to take Rebecca and he became a huge blessing to us and then performed a stent procedure, which relieved the swelling of the ducts that had closed down. And it was the first time in months Rebecca was even able to take a sip of water, much less eat anything. And this was because series and series and series of doctors not only were not knowledgeable about this disease path, but didn't know what to do and didn't even know how to try. And so she was literally checked out of one of the hospitals to die. At the time, Taylor wished she had had the ability to educate these doctors and the credibility for them to believe her. Now with the medical passport, patients like Rebecca and Christian are able to get the immediate care they need whenever they experience a flare-up. The document is available for free online and can be used for any complicated diseases, not just pancreatitis. You can find links to the passport and more information about Kristen Taylor, Lisa Morgan, and all of our guests on our website, radiohealthjournal.org. Our writer-producer is Kristen Farah. Our executive producer is Amira Zaveri. I'm Elizabeth Westfield. Hey, it's your girl, Lonnie Love, and this segment is brought to you by Metamucil. Are you ready to take charge of your digestive health? I know I am. That's why I'm teaming up with Metamucil for the two-week challenge. Metamucil's 4-in-1 fiber helps promote regularity. Unlike many fibers, Metamucil's psyllium fiber gels to trap and remove waste from your digestive system, helping you feel lighter and more energetic after just two weeks. Try the Metamucil two-week challenge today. Learn more at metamucil.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Coming up next week on Radio Health Journal. I remember asking my friend whose wife is a nurse. They both looked at each other and said, that's not good, Gary. You have to get that checked out. The one surprise no one's ever happy to receive. But first, how can we create health equality for all people? We know in the field of medicine that there's abundant evidence of racial and ethnic disparities in healthcare. 
All that and more on Radio Health Journal. I'm Greg Johnson, host of Radio Health Journal. If you enjoy listening to Radio Health Journal, you'll also like our sister show, Viewpoints, which covers a wide array of topics from education to history to the environment. Here's a preview of what they're covering this week on Viewpoints. Large parts of the coastal area have become very difficult to live in, to grow things in, and to also get fresh water and so on. What will happen when poorer countries begin collapsing from the effects of climate change? Then... Soul music is really the context in which white America is introduced to the black church tradition. In the 1960s, two record labels shaped the sound of soul music. But the story of Stax and Motown also tells the story of civil rights. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth this week on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. Listen to Viewpoints Radio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for joining us this week and every week as we break down the science stories you need to know. You can find all of our past segments and guests on our website, radiohealthjournal.org, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and X for daily content. And tune in next week for another edition of Radio Health Journal. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.